to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about Innocence Reaches, the new album from of Montreal, which starts out with a song called Let's Relate. this sort of schizophrenic opening to the album where it's this blast of energy and on one level kind of a romantic song like hey let's get together but it's this the sound is it's energetic but really morose and then that connection that's sought is not like i love love or romance or passion it's just let's relate it's like setting the bar so low and i think it's really like hey, here's our great new album, and we're setting the bar really low right off the bat. Oh, oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. I feel like of Montreal on the albums that aren't terrible, which, I mean, I have to back up for a minute and say Kevin Barnes is a very eccentric sort of old-school artist and that he is very passionate and takes a lot of risks and makes some missteps, and there have been some albums in here that are just too dissonant and too kind of dour and angry, but of the albums that are upbeat and fun, and I think the, the the reason that people like of Montreal, they have a history of kind of starting with that real burst of energy. And Suffer for Fashion is the one that will always stick with me, I think, is the pinnacle of the f- opening tracks. But yeah, this one, it really like sets the tone for the album. But I thought it was much more kind of upbeat and positive maybe than you well did. yeah I, I think it, it is on that level but it's just i i still feel like there's a lot of ambiguity as well like there's i want to objectify but then he's also which is like not so great but then there's he i love this line it's like i think that i like you and i like that you like you <laughs> and that's so like oh that's really great that he's he's liking someone who has sort of self-worth and but it's that yin and yang of it and that's the album and i think the song has that i think the album has that as we'll hear so and get it's a great opening oh i like also that it sets the tone for what we're going to hear throughout the album which is a lot of modern electronica influence and i've been told that electronica is not what you say anymore it's all edm now which i it kind of makes me cringe a little bit to say edm but well, it's this. This has a beat, and you can dance to it. But it's yeah. Again, it's so sort of world weary that it's hard to imagine, you know, twenty somethings at some festival wanting to dance to this. Yeah. No, but I mean the that beat that's like extremely synthetic and is intended to sound yeah. synthetic. And there's a lot of electronic flourishes throughout the album that make it sound very. It's almost like an '80s throwback, but then it's a very modern kind of 
like I say, EDM beat, like a, that kind of hollow, very synthy, very computer generated sound. Yeah, I think that there's that. I, as we'll hear, I think I, I appreciate the parts where the album goes away from that, and we'll hear those later. But again, new old, new and old sounds combined together and objectify and validate. And I mean, I think he's really trying to tackle tackle some serious issues. I think that's certainly the case on this next album. It's called "It's Different for Girls." Song, you mean? It's different for girls, they've got sensitive language, they built miles of defenses, they're not numbed by oppression, it's different for girls from when they children they're depersonalized aggressively objectified they want to make a scene they want to be adored and then they want to be left alone when they get bored with that it's different for girls they are mercurial creatures not a masculine dissonance or sexual currency I had to think for a little bit to figure out if that was intended as tongue in cheek or not. And I still don't think I really know. I feel like in the context of the rest of the album where there is a lot of kind of bitterness about women and, you know, relationships, I think it's not I think it's intended to be straight, which is very problematic and one of the quotes that i have always liked and i don't remember where i got it from was if you're making generalizations about an entire population of people then the problem is you and you know it's this this sort of this song that's all full of it's intended as being like women are great but then it's full of all these troubling generalizations about women like they're mercurial creatures and they don't spit on the street which made me laugh because it's like i guess you've never walked through chinatown (laughs) but um but yeah no and obviously i mean i'm the dude wading into these waters Mm -hmm. and especially for this you know this album coming out in 2016 the theme seems to be of this year just explosion of toxic masculinity (laughs) and you know maybe i'm you know representing my gender by trying to put the most positive spin i can on it Mm -hmm. but it seems like you know someone trying to to split the difference and maybe not totally successfully, but just to say like, I'm a dude, I have my experience and I'm not going to just discount that, but I'm also going to try and understand like our society does some crazy mojo on women from an early age. And if, if for a second, you know, you can maybe understand why things are this way that people are socialized a certain way and certainly he's talking specifically about how women are socialized but also well how are men socialized mm-hmm. and so at least to have again like a catchy dance dancey song 
the entire premise of which is question your assumptions about gender roles. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a little ham fisted Mm -hmm. points for effort, maybe I don't know. Yeah, And I feel like you have to listen to it in the context of, of Montreal as a band where, you know, I, I think Kevin Barnes would cite as his influences, people like David Bowie and Prince and people, you know, he was doing a lot of gender fluid, presentations in their live shows and things way before it was cool back when everybody in indie rock was wearing flannels and jeans and it was cool it was uncool to be theatrical at all and they would have these very theatrical shows where there i mean we saw them at south by last year i think yeah and that was the, even yeah, yeah the weird big boobed dog women yeah that was some and that was a toned down version of <laughs> like what they have done in the past so i feel like maybe this song has to be taken in that context of it's something that he has thought about as an artist and had an ongoing conversation about with. Yeah. Again, that like maybe I'm lowering the bar, but yeah, it's just like, Hey, you're fitting at least a sort of nuanced discussion of a very complicated issue Mm -hmm. and not completely shooting yourself in the head Mm -hmm. while doing it. Okay. Applause for you. Yeah. And anything that we have trouble with, regarding the lyrics and subject matter aside it's a really catchy song and i really oh like my it goodness. and i love the um that it sounds like a synth tom tom that reminds me a lot of i want candy by bow wow wow that song the <laughs> and there's a lot of just kind of throwback little throwaway flourishes that are in there that really lighten it up and, yeah and the, and just and structurally it's very kind of odd because yeah it's like very very catchy and then you've got this this those verses and then these kind of the verse has these different like I feel like there's sort of this verse and then a sort of an aside and then a more verse. And then suddenly the chorus is like way slower than the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. It's quite a piece of work. Mm-hmm. And, and although I think one thing we just noticed is the first track we played kind of just t- tails off at the end. And this song does the same thing. And that can be a little troubling. Like, Hey, you couldn't just like figure out a way to wrap this up. Well, and... also it made me realize that the fade out at the end of a song sounds very retro now. Like it was, you know, every song faded out in oh, yeah, the nineties yeah. and now it seems very unusual and it's kind of. Strange. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I hope you're right. That's sort of an intentional throwback and not just uh, kind of laziness well, and not or, inability I mean, to edit. No, I think it's just a, a particular choice, but I don't know what, the intent was behind that choice and i'm not sure it entirely works but it might just be that i'm not used to that kind of an ending anymore Mm -hmm. so i think though that he's engaged with the modern world very explicitly in this next track and that's called gratuitous abysses
such a weird throwback here where the sound went from being super synthy to being almost this kind of British invasion kind of uh, guitar driven sound. I thought, I thought it sounded exactly like a David Bowie song. I didn't, it felt not sort of, it, there was, I didn't sense that sort of glam to it. Mm-hmm. it. It felt a little more straightforward in terms of the sound. Okay. Um, although certainly the vocal styling, I think he kind of is singing with a British accent. And during the break, you sort of, I asked, Are they, they're American, right? Yeah. But no, he's really singing with a British accent. And this is not the last time he's going to sound like Bowie on this album. And I think more. Which is a compliment. Yeah, no, it's a good thing. But also, I think it, this throwback song, sound, and then this this song is sort of very much dealing with this kind of modern anxiety of like, is the world about to get amazing or is it about to fall apart? And he's, I think these lyrics certainly to me seem to be talking about like, oh, modern kind of internet connectivity. And he's saying like, oh, being connected is just making us stupid. Or he's like, yeah, being connected is making us boring and being in touch is making us stupid and voicelessness is underrated and i've decided that's what he's saying because that makes the interpretation make sense that you know that maybe we don't just need to be talking all the time online and just just yeah i mean i didn't try to read too much meaning into it and it's funny that you know i i think that gratuitous abysses seems like a very pretentious sounding title but then at the same time this is a band that named an album hissing fauna are you the destroyer and then on that album there's the song i think it's hemeld's gate with a promethean curse or something like that it's like it's all very kind of over the top referential yeah and they're like, trying too hard i am yeah well yeah well and also in this chorus like i really liked that first half of the chorus where it's just like oh this sort of modern anxiety and being connected versus maybe just unplug once in a while and then the second half of the course is like i'm gonna drop references to french poetry yeah (laughs) but despite that i think it's the best song on the record i really like it it's got so much energy and i love the like overlapping guitar riffs that are all so catchy yeah that's sort of a yeah yeah, i can't can't capture it although when you're doing backing vocals on your own songs sometimes that can be a problem although i i like the female backing vocals too that that are that go throughout this record the ooh and the shoop 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 you know (laughs) it's also very throwbacky and I, i like how he's mixing up all of these different styles yeah for sure and i think we go into another complete tonal shift on this next song it's called my fair lady my lady's back at Friend to me, she was a friend 
thought that little flute interjection was weird. There's the song ends with a deconstructed kind of noisy jazz saxophone. Yeah, well, I, I like especially that saxophone comes in. So there's sort of this instrumental bridge, which is this bass line, which I don't know. I just took as at least as a recent reference. I don't know. If it's the most original, but I think it's the um, uh, LCD sound system. Also another kind of morose dance. Um, it's time to get away. And it's like that bass line. So it's like totally took me to that. And then, I, and then right as I was like, oh, I'm in this other song. Then the sax comes in. It's like, oh, that was not expected. Sort of fun. But I like too that, yeah, this one is so, it's got this driving beat yet manages to feel so kind of sedate and kind of just detached. And then that chorus comes in. And I think on the first listen, the chorus of this song was sort of the first thing that kind of stood out. There is a lot going on on this album. And this was the first song was just like, oh, here's something to kind of grab onto Mm -hmm. and make sense of. And that doesn't mean it's by any stretch the best thing on the album, but it was the first thing that kind of gave me an entry point. And then gradually on repeated listens, it kind of came more of the album came into focus. But uh, that was at least my experience on early listens. And this is the first, I feel like the first three songs really kick ass. And then this is the first, the fourth song on the album. And it's where things start to falter a little bit. And I want to put this in context with some of, of Montreal's work, where I think you have to understand that Kevin Barnes is a very emotional person who carries around a lot of baggage from past relationships and can be bitter and angry in a way that is kind of expected when you're 20 but is a little bit off-putting when you're in your 40s and I you know everybody's different and I don't mean that to be a criticism I mean I, I do mean it's a criticism I guess but it doesn't detract from the record but it's sort of something that's a little bit jarring there are a lot of songs to X's on this album yeah and and all of them i mean all of the records ever since like i think hissing fauna are you the destroyer had she's a rejector on it which was really <laughs> aggressively angry yeah at least he's trying to understand her i sort of i put this in the context of it's different for girls he's like he's trying to understand the general uh-huh. and then here he's almost apologizing to someone for having to break up with her it's just like clearly you ha- you went through some trauma and you had a bad upbringing and it's like you had some real mojo done on you and i'm sorry but, but i gotta never, get out of here yeah, but it's never about like me and i'm not the right person to deal with this it's because of you i have to give all my love to somebody else and it's just like really yeah no, it's a good take and of course yeah yeah he's and, the hero of his own story of yeah. course he's well and yeah and i mean there is part of it that makes me think of my ex who was very into playing the victim and every problem was always my you know my problem he was doing everything right and i was the one who was doing things wrong and that's a very binary and a very convenient way to view the world because you're the one who's the hero in the story and you're always going to be in the right oh well, that's when you front a band you get to be the yeah hero. no seriously <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just look at Beyonce. <laughs> anyway, the next song that we're going to play is called Death Packs, and it continues that sort of negative energy. Yeah, very similar, but I think musically more interesting. I think you're just looking for a reason to go off the rails, start another bender, to wound yourself, though it's never critical. You call me two weeks later to get some sort of closure so you wouldn't have to feel like Okay. 
play this after uh, My Fair Lady because I think it's dealing with similar territory with somebody who has serious issues but I think he's both more mature about it, less accusatory more empathetic and also I think more humble instead of being the hero especially that section we heard where he's just saying hey, you don't you, you can't, don't need to live like this but hey, I just figured this out Like I'm just figuring this stuff out I who am I, but I'm just trying to help you and so many lyrics like i can't not love you i i love you because you're ugly mm -hmm. and and then it's all wrapped in this amazingly lush kind of psychedelic sound almost like an early pink floyd or something yeah the structure of the song is really interesting the way there's you know it starts out with that kind of like low monotone that's really it's got the little bit of like piano or something in the background and yeah. then it sort of bursts out into all these different there's like three different, I think, phases of the song. Well, if the third, I think the third phase is just repeating the chorus over yeah, and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's when they bring in like the heavy piano and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, this is a good example of what you can do when you're an artist who has a long history. You know, I think of Montreal. This is their 14th album, and so wow. <laughs> you know, someone who's been an artist for a long time and has a lot of friends who play a lot of different instruments, and you can kind of bring in all these different elements. Yeah, it sounds very cool, and I think. Speaking of combinations of odd elements together, this next song is just a little bonkers. It's called Chaos Arpeggiating. <laughs> So 
song it's so structurally complicated like normally when i'm taking notes and i'm like thinking about the time goes like oh v for verse and c for chorus and on this one i kind of just gave up on that because like these different sections don't really seem to play those sorts of roles and yet the thing works completely even though it starts off with this almost like western yeah. and then ends with this like super glam like and to me this was the bowie like his vocals at the end of that chorus are just so channeling yeah it's and yeah. it's amazing well i mean i think he doesn't have a lot of control over the tone the tenor of his voice which you know it's very high-pitched voice yeah but he yeah you know, he, he really works with it and it just yeah. it's and it works for this material and but it, it is also interesting though because you know i mentioned like oh it's super american but then like here he's it even the lyrics even sound like it's all this talk about like saints name day and it's like is that a thing anywhere in america i and it feels very british to me mm-hmm. and of course that's my western uh or west coast attitude i guess um but yeah just that he's able to it works the song is catchy it's so catchy i think it's the best song on the album and that it manages to work so cohesively even with so many different things going on and even with some really pretentious lyrics, but it's musically so interesting. That it's like, ah, you know, I can look past that. Mm-hmm. And t- that's, I, that's the album. That's like, okay, that middle section, I feel like an editor could have come in and like, we can take a couple of these yeah. songs out, out, but you know, it works so well. And I, re- I really felt like that's to me, a great album is one where I listened first and I thought, eh, and is this even yeah. something we can talk about? It's so weird. And then I kind of listened more. And it's like, oh, this guy's just trying too hard. And then again, not paying attention to a couple songs in the middle, but it just ends. It starts super strong. It ends super strong. There's such a wealth of ideas and they not always, but to a shocking extent work well together. Absolutely worth a listen. Yeah. I think that this is an example of an artist who's been making music for a really long time and is very talented, but also takes a lot of risks and really swings for the fences. And some of them are going to be a little bit of misses. There were I think tracks five, six, and seven that we completely skipped because it the album really bogs down in the middle. But then there are some tracks that are really interesting and complex. And it's so great to have an artist who can produce music that's interesting and challenging, but also makes you want to listen to the record again and again. And I know I listened to this probably 50 times. Yeah, I, I was shocked by the replay value. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, so this we've been listening to innocence reaches which is i believe the 14th album by of montreal and we're gonna go out with the last song which is called chap pilot and you've been listening to for the record thanks for listening This is 
you know